Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to StageCraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders keeping theater alive during the pandemic, on Broadway, in London, and around the world. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to Lynette Linton. The young writer, director, and arts leader is the artistic director of London's Bush Theatre, and she was just wrapping up her first full season at the Bush when the pandemic hit. As a director, she helmed the Donmar Warehouse's production of Lynn Nottage's Sweat, which went on to a West End run and won Best Play at last year's Evening Standard Awards. Her staging of Richard II at Shakespeare's Globe last year was the first ever company of women of color in a Shakespeare play on a major UK stage. Her most recent work as a writer is the short film Look at Me, which just aired in the UK as part of ITV's Unsaid Stories series of shorts inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement. Linton is in the virtual studio with me to talk about staying nimble, surviving the pandemic, and how the theater industry is forging ahead across the Atlantic. Hi, Lynette. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Well, I want to start by talking about something that seems pretty exciting in terms of progress on your end, which is that your theater just opened, but first, or reopened the building. Um, But first, let's For listeners who might not be familiar, can you tell us a little bit about The Bush and Mm -hmm. its work? Yes. Um, The Bush Theatre is a new writing venue in West London, in Shepherd's Bush. Um, And we are known for championing playwrights um, and uh, emerging talent and running workshops and schemes to work with writers and support them through their first play. Um, I took over as artistic director last year. So I was officially in the job for a year before Corona struck. Um, And uh, we launched um, my first season with like a season of debut plays from British and Irish writers. Um, And we're we're also a a community theatre, so we do a lot of community work in our local area. Um, And uh, yeah, so we are pretty cool. And you were almost almost done with your first season when Corona shut yeah. everything down. Is that how that worked? Yeah, yeah almost done. We had one more show, so we were uh, we right. had the high table in our main space and collapsible in our in our studio space, and then we had one mm-hmm. more show that was going to start in May. Um, and yeah, we didn't even get into rehearsals for that show, so yeah. we nearly yeah. got to the end, which is sad. Yeah. yeah. So 
Tell us about reopening. You re- you reopened what? this building. You've got this complex. It's got two theaters. It's got a bar, right? Tell us yeah. about the building and yeah, what you're the, doing there. Well, the building is an old library, which I always love. It feels like that, and I and I think that I always talk about how I feel. I feel the presence of the building, and I've missed the building because it's it's got such a history in its in its area. Um, and when I one of the hardest things I found among all of the hard things that we're all going through was how much I missed the building and when things were happening in the world our response is always to make art but also to open our spaces for the community to be together and heal together and we weren't able to do that at all because of COVID so um, as soon I knew that as soon as we were going to be able to safely open for our community that's what we were going to do so I knew as soon as I could do that um, with social distancing in place that was what we would do and so we're one of the first theatres in London to do that um, open for community work um, open for young people and then also open our bar so people can come and have a pint if they want which is quite nice. And is that all outdoors? Tell us about some of the safety measures that you yeah. have to think about. Yeah so um, it's not all outdoors uh, the way our building works we've got a lovely terrace that the doors open up so you can sort of sit inside but you've got the space outside so most people are doing that obviously because it's safer um, but right. we've done loads of risk assessments and insurance to uh, safeguard the building theatre the theatre space itself we put lines on the floor so we're going to be running summer workshops next week for young people who haven't had as much wi-fi or want introduction to drama and so we've put all these precautions in place and no one will be near each other there's air con there's all of all of the stuff that we all hand washing sanitizers everywhere all of that um so we put in a lot of precautions they've taken a lot of work so shout out my general manager who's worked really hard on that yeah yeah. And it, it feels like in particular, the community is very important to the bush and in, mm. uh, in everything it does and in the work you do. Tell us about how you think of the bush being woven into the community and why that's so important for the theatre. I think that theatre full stop should be and 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 uh, when it has lost its why it's there, which is to feed the community and be fed by the community. It's lost what it's supposed to be doing. Right. So theatre is about telling stories and bringing us together and we learn from everybody outside our doors and uh, we're supposed to be representing what's actually going on in the world so I don't understand how theatre can't be community-led in that way if that makes sense. I wouldn't be in my position at all if I hadn't um, access to young people's schemes and and understood what theatre was it wasn't something that came naturally to me so I feel so passionate about that I feel so passionate that we are in a we're in such a beautiful space in Shepherd's Bush so it needs to feel like a place that everybody feels welcome. And, and how's it going? Is it Are people yeah. turning up? And you, you've been open for like about a week now, right? We've been open a whole week today. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are coming, um, excuse me, and the community are coming and we're doing community work with different charities. Um, so it's it's nice. It's, it's a, a pace that we can control, which is lovely. Um, and we're just, and we're going to keep, it's really lovely weather over here at the minute as well. A little too mm. hot. So that's helpful. Because um, right. people are coming out and having a cold beer on the terrace and stuff like that, and so yeah, it's um, it's really nice to be open again. And so th- there's no theatre happening yet in the building in terms of performances. That is um, no, but we have we have been for the last you know since we got shut down, we have been producing loads of online work, and um, we right. have we haven't put out any of our um, existing productions, so like archive um, recordings, because we felt like the time would be now to make new work. So we we did our Monday Monday monologue series and. Um, in reaction to George Floyd's death and the Black Lives Matter movement, um, our associate director also curated 
his name's Daniel Bailey. He's amazing. He curated uh, the protest series. So we've got and we've got masterclasses online. Um, right. You know, we've been doing loads of work. We haven't done physical performances because that's not safe at the minute. But we are yeah. putting loads of new content out. And what do you have a prognosis for when you think live performances with groups of people might happen again? I don't and I am taking mm. it day by day that's my answer to that question uh, yeah. I'm sure you're aware that um we were at a place where we were gonna the, the government had said we were able to and they pushed that back now so, right. so because of that and because of how much it's all changing day by day for, for all of us I'm, I'm sort of trying to be positive we've got plans in place but also very nimble and able to shift those if we need to yeah, people on Broadway are very uh, are watching very closely all the stuff that's going on in the UK because they're talking. You know, there was that sort of initial West End performance with uh, was it was it Beverly Knight um, that mm. uh, that in one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's theaters, and it seems like you know the Bridge Theater is sort of raring to go as so yeah. many theaters yeah. are. Um, yeah. What? How do the kind of what's the kind of calculus for? I imagine the calculus for a kind of West End theater and for theaters like the Bush, which are much more intimate, you know, they're smaller venues. Um, that must be an entirely different sort of set of concerns. Yeah, and a very different setup over here. So we're, yeah. we're you know, that um, we call the West End theaters, <clears throat> sorry, the commercial sector. Um, mm. They are funded by individuals. We are subsidized, right. so we get Arts Council grants, um, the Bush does. So some of our money comes from the Arts Council and, the, and then we fundraise the rest of it. So they are... Right completely different in how they're set up structurally anyway um right. and then now with corona there's this there's you know we're all i think the thing we all have in common is yearning to get work back on but we're all in, we're all in very different situations i think individually yeah and yeah. and where is the the bush as a subsidized theater um in terms of how it how it how it's gonna survive in the next uh you know few years in terms of yeah. uh, is, is that support that fund there was that big um government sort of rescue fund yeah. is that part of the thing that goes to does that help you guys well, hopefully we have to apply for that money and we will be applying right. um and so i'm my answer is hopeful for that um yeah. i think that we are small and nimble um and uh i'm we're sailing through <laughs> i keep using loads of like sailing metaphors to get us through this um so i'm hopeful but again i always reiterate day by day because this this thing mm. is such an unprecedented is the word that everyone keeps using isn't it like we just don't know what tomorrow brings so day by day i have to take it so that we can sell this ship through but right now today we're in we're in a place where hopefully it looks okay yeah. have you felt that guidance in the uk industry overall has been pretty strong have you felt uh I don't know, shepherded or um, helped, or is it? Is it? Does it feel more every every person for themselves? I think what's been really lovely is that I felt I felt um, particularly in the in the subsidised sector um, that I've been able to lean on my peers, so other artistic directors, mm -hmm. run venues, where I'm able to reach out to them um, and other and uh, and so there's a lot of people. I don't feel like. It, it doesn't feel like you're on your own in this, if that makes sense. Um, so I've, I've been able to develop quite a lot of friendships with colleagues of mine who I hadn't spoken to before. So that's, in a way, a, a really lovely positive that's come from this. Um, right. Right. And so as you try to look ahead, what is coming up in the next, let's say, month for you at the bush? Um, well, I, 
would um, do you mind if I talk a bit longer than a month because I feel like the no the, please no the, please the, do the concerns for me at the minute are, is supporting the community of as I've mentioned yeah. I think we're yeah. doing as much as we can and once we know that we can do the limited uh, activities that we put in place safely we will expand that um and then the other side for me is supporting our creative freelancers so we mm-hmm. have hundreds of freelancers we work with per year and as soon as we can start uh, putting work back on the priority is, is to get to get as many freelancers in to employ them you know and so for me all the plans uh, that we're putting together is is both of those missions both of those layers of how we can support the community and how we can support free, our freelance family at the bush um, yeah how how is the kind of safety net for freelance artists in particular in the uk how it's, say, it doesn't really exist here, so I just I wonder mean, if it, I, uh, oh, yeah, it yeah. doesn't really exist. I mean, we've there's been some support from the government in terms of uh, self-employment um, right. uh, support, but that pe- there are hundreds of people that have fallen through that net as well. You know, because it's all eligibility, and you have to, you know, be able, on paper fit the criteria. So I think there's a lot of people that have completely f- fallen through that, which is really sad and devastating. Um, and I think because we don't know when, you know, here pubs and restaurants are reopening and you go out onto the street and it feels like things are slowly starting to get back to normal with masks, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But theatre isn't. So I think that there's a, there's an element here of going, okay, cool. So how, what, how are we going to be supporting freelancers and people going forward if our industry is still closed. Um, and so that's what I mean about for the Bush, the priority is to make work so we yeah. can employ as many people as we can. Right, yeah. Because as, as I said, there's a lot of people that's fallen through the cracks. So, and the pe- and, and also the, as you, you know, support is stopping, so. Right, right, yeah. And of course, in the midst of all this, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, kind of uh, returned and, uh, and in the wake of the uprisings that came after the murder of George Floyd. And here on Broadway, it's prompting some really serious discussions about the ways that Broadway and the US industry needs to change. Mm-hmm. How are you finding that playing out um, on your side of the pond? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a similar thing here. We um, at the Bush were and have been very vocal about uh, that conversation and have put some work out responding to it, the protest series. Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was in direct response to... And those were that. new works uh, yes. as part of the protest series? Yeah, yeah right. they were they were new works um, and worked with some of our artists to make something. And it was fast response, and so they came out quickly. Right. Um, because, again, this feeling of being alone in your bedroom, you know, was, was also part of that when actually, as I said, I would have opened the building and made everyone come... Well, not made everyone, but invited people to come together to be right. in this moment of healing and we couldn't do that. Um, so art was our way forward and always will be. Um, but I think that systematic change is a huge thing that I've been fighting for for a long time and I've been very vocal about um, here in this country. There's still so such a long way to go when it comes to diversity and representation in theatre and all the industries across the create all the creative industries, across all industries actually. But right. um, yeah. So yeah, we uh, there's a lot of that. What well, is happening here too, and it needs to. Right. What's your take on how uh, the equity work in the UK theatre industry is faring compared to how it's going here in the US? Yeah, I think we I think we uh, us we had slowly started to see some sta- uh, changes on stage, um, and we so we started to see more representation there i think behind the scenes there's there was there was and still is so much work to be done um and uh and because the bush is a new writing venue uh 
one of my particular focuses is on writers and how many black British writers or British Asian writers were getting their work commissioned and on main stages. We had only in the last year, last year was the first time a black British female writer was in the West End, you know, in 2019. So that wow. shows you that, you know, that's the levels we're dealing with here. Um, and I also think there's, it's really important to make sure that COVID doesn't, I'm going to swear because you said I could, fuck up the, the, the program, you know? Because yeah. we don't want to be looking back and then everybody's doing work that's, that, you know, isn't going forward because they're scared of what COVID's done. So we're going to really fight against that here, I hope, because I will. Mm. The Bush will. I, yeah. Are you finding for you personally at the Bush, do you have, you're talking about being nimble in the era of COVID. Does that also allow you a greater nimbleness to sort of rethink the way you do things systemically in terms of representation and equity and things like that? Um, I think the answer for that is yes, and also should be the case across the board, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think that, mm -hmm. like, I think the conversations around traditional theatre sometimes can feel quite uh, old school in a way that's not helpful, you know. Right. And I've spoken quite a lot in the public, uh, in the public, <laughs> publicly about yeah. um, this word risks, and I and I've been like, I want to take risks, and then I now retract that word because I'm like, risks. What does it mean? All art is risky, you know. And so if you're mm. on a good story, it, it's universal because it's a good story, if that makes right. sense. So I think that we've, we've got a reputation for, for unheard voices and championing diversity. And I think that it needs to be a thing that's now worldwide in the theatre sector. It shouldn't right. feel like that's a risk and feel separate from putting on a Shakespeare because, come on now, we've been doing that for right. hundreds of years. You yeah. Know? And in a way, thinking about that as risk is part of the thing that keeps people away from it, right? Exactly. To, to, exactly. to label it that way. Yeah, and yeah. The, you know, it's that whole conversation around what the canon is. You know, when we talk about the British canon of work, you know, it is dominated by Shakespeare and a lot of white male writers or white writers, and that needs to shift because that's the tradition, and it and we we need to be past that now. It's twenty twenty, so. Yeah. Yeah. Who are, in your estimation, in the UK, is doing work either creatively or as an activist uh, that you feel like we should all be following? Here in the US. Oh, well, you know that um, Renze Kenny's Misty was about to come to New York before coronavirus hit. He is, an, he's incredible. His show Misty started at um, the Bush Theatre before I, I had taken over and had a West End transfer and was coming to the shed in New York. And so um, that was a beautiful, it is a beautiful, I hope it still gets there. It's a beautiful piece of work around gentrification in London, what it means mm. to tell black stories. Um, and I find I've always been a massive fan of his work and he's incredible and you should all know who he is. Um, okay. I think he's brilliant. We've got um, incredible activists um, and, and uh, companies such as the Black Ticket Project, which is now, um, which is a uh, project that's set up for young black people to come to the theatre for free and to get more black people into the theatre, which is exciting and, and everybody should look that up. And they might, they, maybe there should be a model or something like that in America as well. Maybe there is, yeah. I don't know. Um, no, not no, not that not widespread that I know of. So yeah. yeah, that's good to that's good to know about. Yeah, I'll have more with Lynette right after the break. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now here's more with Lynette Linton. So I'm talking to you the day after. Uh, you're also a writer and you wrote a uh, short film that um, came together in four weeks, as you were saying. It's part of Unsaid Stories, which is a, yeah. um, an ITV series of short films um, inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. Tell us about sort of what inspired your film and uh, how it came together so quickly and safely. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, my film uh, was is inspired by many experiences of family and friends and people I know and things I've read and just loads of different things about what it feels um, that the ongoing conversation around being stopped and searched by the police. Um, and I felt like for me, what was never spoken about on a platform was the moment after uh, or the moment before, you know, mm. and um, how when something like that happens, it stays in your gut, it's, it stays in your stomach, it stays with you. It's not something that happens, it's recorded. Oh, it happened. I'm going to go on now. If it's a if it's a bad experience that stays with you and can stay with you for life, you know, and so I um felt like it was important to show that side of it um and and highlight that this is a thing that's been going on for decades and yeah and just see if there was some conversation to be had in that area which we know there is <laughs> so right. yeah, yeah. Um, and, but uh, it very fast as you said like literally the the script was i wrote the script in like three days then I had to redraft it on the fourth day and then it was cast and then it was being filmed over zoom and directed over zoom and it, it was so fast and I, I did spend some time wondering how filming worked because they were in this these two people without masks were in an apartment um and I was I assume a third person to hold the camera which may or may not have been an iphone or similar but it looked digital anyway um and uh tell us about how how those sort of precautions came together. Yeah, so all filming has started up here slowly, yeah. um, you know, and so everybody, the precautions would be that everyone's had a COVID test and that sort of stuff, excuse me. Right. And our director, who is an incredible guy called Francis Anand, incredible, mm. incredible director, he yeah. uh, was directing them over Zoom. They had a DOP who was operating a camera phone in the space with them okay. and a COVID yeah. supervisor, keep it, making sure everything is safe. Um, and so wow. he, was, he was directing it over Zoom and as far as I'm aware, I think he had like a three second delay. So what he saw was happening <laughs> delayed. Um, three or four second delay is what I heard. Um, and, um, and so uh, it was filmed over three days on this on this phone. Um, but there was loads of precautions in place, loads of insurance in right. place that, that, that was to make sure that actors were safe. Um, yeah. And was there anything in that experience that, made you think about new ways to think about telling more sort of overtly theatrical stories over, you know, the digital medium, yeah, which I mean, may be a thing that we're doing for a while? 
I mean, I think, I mean, I will always say that it would have been great to have more time on that project. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very proud of how it came out. I was very incredibly lucky that I had such a wonderful team, wonderful actors. Um, yeah. You know, shout out Pepper and Pippa who were in it. They were fantastic yeah. and Carol, our producer as well. But um, what I have, what I am interested in is, is, is responding to things fast mm. and so yeah. just putting unsaid stories aside for a second the protest is an example of that um yeah. you know and as long as you're being honest about how things have come about and how they quickly they've been made i think that's interesting as a medium uh yeah very pr proud of the protest pieces as well and yeah tell us about, tell us a little bit about yeah. what the format of those were so they were um whatever the so we spoke to six of our, our um artists and it was whatever they wanted to do. So um, someone, uh, Anushka Lucas wrote a song and, a, and, a, and a, had a monologue. Um, one was a visual piece about text messages. One was a direct monologue artistic piece, which had an actor perform it. It was whatever those artists wanted to do. That's what we, we did. Um, and, uh, and that was kind of the point. It was like, in this moment now, how are you feeling? And how do you want to respond using art? And Dan right. Bailey, who led the project, created a very safe space for us to be able to be honest about that and, and respond in the way that they wanted to respond. And so those pieces of work have have been incredibly well received um, and I think have done the best for us on our channels ever, which is really exciting. Um, uh, that was going to be my next question, uh, was how people accessed it. It was on your website? Yeah, so it's on it's on our uh, on our Instagram and on our Twitter. And sure. we also yeah. had a Q&A the day, a live Q&A the day that they came out. Um, right. They're on our YouTube channels as well. Um, right. And they're all different pieces of, of media. So as I said, one's a song, one's a right. sort of text message piece, one's uh, uses photos with a monologue over the top of it. So it's all different in how those artists wanted to respond to what was happening. Right, at that right. Point, that time. And still happening and that, now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that, that did that feel for you like a way forward in terms of how you might think about doing further stuff in the coming weeks? Yeah, I think so. And I think I, I you know, I'm such a theatre head that I'm like, oh, theatre, liveness, 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 that it takes me a while to be convinced. It took me a while to be convinced to do stuff on video. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, I've shifted now, as we all have. And yeah. uh, I'm really interested in how and I and it's not it's never going to be as simple what I don't agree with or like is let's just put a camera in an auditorium and fil film the show because mm. I don't think theatre I don't think it translates in that way the NT lives work because you know they are really expensive cameras and edited together in a way that works whereas you know if you just put a camera in an auditorium and film it you're not catching the live liveness of theatre or the magic of theatre um so I want to stay away from that but what I am interested in different digital capture and what we can do that's exciting and that we can afford. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. what's important to you. You're also a director. What's important to you in, in terms of uh, preserving the theatricality of something when you're looking at it on a screen or recording it digitally? What do you have thoughts about what the key is to holding on to that theatrical sort of spark? I think that um, NT Live do it really well. Have you seen some of the mm -hmm. NT Live? Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, they're very popular here. They, yeah. yeah, I think they do it very, very well. But I also think what I'm interested in exploring, and this is a new territory for me, is actually like what is the, um, uh, of course, the liveness element is what makes theatre so special. But you're, right. I don't know if you actually can capture the liveness of it over this media, a screen, you know? So I'm interested in, in like, you know, what is the theatre version of a thing and what is the digital version of a thing? 
and how yeah. do they merge together and how do they speak to each other and what does that look like as a new sort of new medium you know yeah. Um, uh, yeah. because NT Live works and I think they've cracked that so if we're going to film a show it needs to be in that m medium um, but I'm interested in that space between at the minute yeah so we've talked a little bit about what's coming up for you at the bush but what what's happening with you um, as an artist as well you were um, announced to direct a show at the national that I assume yeah. is probably still on the on the docket when they when it finally happens is that yeah. still uh Still, tell us about that yeah it's still around um yeah. uh, obviously no idea when it's going to happen i probably right. predict it probably won't happen till well it won't happen till next year now i don't think um right. but i it's as far as i'm aware that's still on the cards um and america it's an american play by an, do, do you know the play uh, well i do i was <laughs> excited for you to tell us what it is because yeah, uh, yeah. she's a she's a writer that i feel like don't we don't know enough about here in america uh, she's just so 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 amazing isn't she and I feel exactly the same so it's called Blues of Alabama oh gosh that was a tongue tie it's called Blues of Alabama Sky and it's by Pearl Cleage and she's incredible and uh I was actually hoping to meet her during this time which is such a shame oh, yeah. um uh and I read it and absolutely fell in love with it because it was a story um about African-American friends and it was about them living you know, and it wasn't about necessarily talking about being African-American. They're just living and vibes in and having a great time. Um, right. And uh, I was so excited to uh, start work on that. Um, and I, I, I think it will still, I hope it's, it's, well, as far as I'm aware, it's still on the card. So that's really right. exciting. And I can't wait yeah. to meet Carl. I will come and meet her once yeah. Yeah. properly again. So yeah, yeah. And and what else is on your plate artistically? Are you doing any more writing? It sounds like you really enjoyed working on this, uh, on your Unset Stories project. Yeah, I did. I am. I am. I'm dabbling here and there. So I, I hadn't written anything for ages. Um, so this was a real nice uh, sort of reawakening for me. Um, so yes, I'll say nothing that's going to be shared for a while because I would like longer than maybe three to four days to write something next time. <laughs> um, but um, yes, I will be writing more. Um, Telly's, telly and film is 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 interesting to me um, and something that I don't know enough about. So I always want to learn. So I'm thinking about those mediums a bit more. Theatre will always be the first love though. Theatre is the... Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like... I feel like the, uh, a, an artistic director in the US wouldn't doesn't have, for who knows what reason, doesn't feel like they have the same freedom or they don't take advantage of the same freedom that I feel like you in the UK do. Like you are the head of an institution, but you're you're planning to direct at another institution and you're writing for TV. And do you feel like there's, uh, that the industry is fairly agile like that, that you can slip pretty easily between those forms? Yes, I think so. And I think it's a really, I think it's really great that we have that set up here. Um, I yeah. think that one thing I do believe in is how long, I think that, I don't, I don't think it should be a cap, but I think, I don't think, I think you should really think about how long you run an institution. You know what I mean? So it should always be moving and cyclical and just changing. So I think that's part of that conversation too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Who's, who's running it and how, for how long. Because things that's change. part of our equity conversation here uh, yeah. in the U S as well, just in terms of, you know, creating systemic change. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then within that, you know, ADs, artistic directors and are artists and were artists before they took that job. And that doesn't, you know, and of course that is funneled into the space, but it doesn't stop right. this sort of individual creativity. So we do have yeah. a great setup here that we are able to do that, which I think works really well. 
Um, but again, I think for me, it's the key of like how long you run an institution and what that is and what that is your focus for a set period of time. You're there to make the change that you're there to make and then you, you move on. Yeah. I, you mentioned this earlier that we're, we keep calling this time unprecedented, but it actually, you know, it really is. There are no real precedents that we can look to that really feel uh, fully pertinent to where we are right now. Mm -hmm. So what for you are you taking as your lodestars as you move ahead? I'm taking forward um, the strength and um, utter creativity of our, of our industry and the people that work in it. This has been such a devastating time for so many freelancers, so many artists who are still fighting. To, and, you know, we're in August. When did, you know, we shut down in March. It's such a long time. And yet still, every time I send onto Twitter, every time I have a conversation with a writer, I'm, I'm astounded by the utter creativity that is still keeping us going. And I talk a lot about James Baldwin and how I look to his work, particularly around Black Lives Matter in, in what happened before. I look to his work and to his art and how he described what was happening. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I find that useful because it helps me get through where we are now because I look to what came before and how art documented it. And that, that sort of idea keeps me going now within the Black Lives Matter movement, but also through Corona, like how we, docu how we document this through art and how our artists are still thriving, even though our theatres are closed, our cinemas are well, about to reopen. Well, they might already be open, but you know what I mean? Like we're, our yeah. places of art are closed, but our artists are still thriving. And so that is something that keeps me going every day because I know that as soon as we can make the work again, there's going to be so much amazing work and we'll all support each other in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can't wait to uh, see what, what great work comes out of all this. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate your time, Lynn. Thank you Thank so you. much for inviting me. It's really lovely to chat. That was Lynette Linton, the writer, director, and industry leader who is the artistic director of the Bush Theatre in London. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe and find past episodes there and on all the other pod places, including Spotify and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. And just a quick note to listeners about our schedule, Stagecraft is currently releasing new episodes every other week, and we're going to stick to that schedule at least through the end of the year. So I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.